Welcome to Teacher Thrive, the podcast for educators who want to thrive, not just survive in their profession. With your hosts, certified coaches and teachers, Madel Mazella and Caitlin Rabai. So this is the kind of first couple weeks of the new year. So I thought we could talk about the feelings that we feel on a daily basis and then kind of plan what our top three feelings we would like to cultivate for the new year would be. So when you think about your top three feelings that you feel normally in your day-to-day life, like what comes up for you? I would say there's one that is most prevalent and it is stress for whatever reason. Well, two, stress and worry. I mm-hmm. worry, I guess worry and stress in that order. And I couldn't yeah. tell you why. That's just my expectation. You know, okay. worry about something and then, of course, you stress. What about for you? What are your three? I think my number one one <laughs> I feel all the time, this might just be today, is coming back from break and everything is overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is my number one that I feel like a lot of times if I don't have everything organized in the way that I need it to be, I get really like overwhelmed feeling and then I just shut down and do nothing a lot of the time. So that's when I do like the the doom scrolling, the watching hours of TV because I'm like not sure what to do. And then probably my number two is feeling distracted. Like no matter what I'm doing, unless I'm like in super flow on something, I feel like I'm always feeling distracted by things around me. And then we talked about it our last episode. I was like feeling stupid, but like I was like, well, we'll say inept, not able to like handle everything that's going on around me all the time. So not great feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it interesting how the top feelings that we feel on a regular basis are negative. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's the case for a lot of people. I would dare say yes, based Mm -hmm. on what we know, right? Yeah. And we feel sometimes this is important to talk about because we sometimes feel that we're alone in feeling how we feel. And we think that we are the only ones having that experience when in fact, we are not. Everyone mm-hmm. is going through something. Mel Robbins says, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what? You know what? Everyone is going through something. And that condition, I don't think is unique to you or me. And it's just interesting how the prevalent feeling couldn't be something, something positive. (laughs) Something so positive and light and delicious. Yeah, I think if I really dig deep, like a lot of the times at school, I feel calm with my students or like kind of silly, lighthearted. But I feel like that's not the overwhelming feeling. Like that's not one of my top three. I wish it was in my list of things that I wish I could cultivate more of. I feel like being silly and relaxed of those things are things I would really enjoy. And I think it's hard too, because I feel like outwardly we are expected to project that we're feeling positive emotions, even if we're not feeling positive emotions. So even if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I push that feeling outwards in my actions, I feel like that's not something that's accepted as much in society. Like people are like, oh, whoa, like you're, that's a lot. Like Right, <laughs> right. For me, it's more... When I come back to the present moment, I can tell you that those feelings disappear. So I could be, you know, stressing about all the things when I'm in the car and I'm just, you know, with my thoughts. 
And as soon as I have a conversation or I say good morning, I'm snapped back to the present moment. And then I forget that I was worrying about something or that I was stressing about something, about nothing really, because I cannot mm -hmm. tell you that I'm stressing or worrying about ghost scenarios, really. And it's mostly, you know, like the driving, it's, it's getting a lot, a lot better. But yeah, I imagine like, let me prepare for the worst case scenario. And that takes a toll on you, on your body. But as soon as I have the first interaction, or as soon as I sit down at my desk and I start planning my day, I just forget it. And then when I have a free moment, it almost like the brain reminds me like, oh, Now we're thinking about what we were thinking before. Now we need to worry because now you have free time and now you need to worry. I don't even know what to label it. I feel like it's maybe your brain trying to just keep you safe. It's like, Madel, let's get back to our safety protocols. <laughs> yes, yes. Back to this. And now mm -hmm. back to what, what was that that I was thinking that I was worrying? I don't say worrying, but like, what was I thinking that was important? That's the thought like, oh, something was important, must have been important because I was worrying about it. <laughs> And then of course I catch myself, but it's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting. You do that throughout the day, but it's just interesting when you're onto your brain and when, when you're onto yourself, You're like, oh, I know what's going on. Nobody would ever know because like I said, as soon as I have an inter interaction, I'm present. But it's just interesting. I feel like the reasoning behind the top three feelings, I think, is a lot of cyclical difficulties that I have in my life. So like I don't plan appropriately for stuff and then I feel overwhelmed in the moment or like I feel like I can only get stuff done in the last minute. So then I'm getting every single thing done at the last minute and then feeling overwhelmed. I've tried to come to like kind of balance with that and try to put in systems where I have like deadlines and things beforehand. But I feel like I still very often will go to that like last minute scenario to push myself to like finish things in the last moment. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's healthy to keep doing that all the time. <laughs> and just push yourself to like a level of stress and be like, okay, do it, do it the thing. Now you have to do the thing. It's an emergency now, like it has to be done now. And I feel like the organization on the front end is what helps me with not getting into that. But then I also feel like sometimes those tasks take me a lot longer. When I give myself more time to do them, I fill up that time. I completely agree. In fact, I have to say my priority right now, it's obviously my job, right? Mm -hmm. So getting the kids ready, I've mentioned before how they have to get ready for this extremely hard course and they have to take a test and they, they have to perform well because that's the expectation in my district. So I agree with you. I couldn't agree more as far as the organization And I know that is one thing that stresses me out so much, preparing the kids and making sure and getting them motivated. The reason I think why I got so used to worrying and stressing is because of that, like the planning, the always thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to teach them this difficult concept? But planning has definitely made a difference, meaning giving myself the time to plan all the things and be almost like overly prepared and definitely, like you said, having systems and procedures. And so now it's a lot, a lot better. But like I said, the prevalent feeling is worry. 
mm-hmm. even though there's nothing to worry about because everything that I can do on my end has been done or I have a system for getting it done. Yeah, I feel like that's such a difficult thing for teachers too, because so much of the outcome and like the judgment that's centered around our job is out of our hands. So we can spend all of this time preparing our students for whatever is upcoming, but like our evaluations are a lot of times like not based on what we've done, but based on their performance. And there are so many factors that we can't control in that. So it does feel like out of control and something that we need to worry about. Like, have I done enough? Have I pushed this concept enough? Have I retaught this as many times as I could? But at some point, it's up to them. We have to hand it over, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. What happens when a student tells you, I'm just not going to do that. And Mm -hmm. it's okay if I fail. What? (laughs) You know, I always think about like the little kindergartners. So we have like the little kindergartner, like they're five years old and they have to take an assessment online for the first time. So like these scores they get, I'm like, this isn't reflective of anything. (laughs) Like They are five. And then we're like basing our worth as a teacher on whether a five-year-old could like pay attention to a computer test and whether they even understand like what they're supposed to be doing or like the importance yeah. of any of it. Um, or sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't place my worth at all. Like I have that very clear. My worth is not tied to their performance. Nevertheless, it just feels that it's my responsibility to make absolutely sure that I have done everything possible. And then other people don't think that, right? Other people tie the results to the worth, I think, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, right? Yeah. So it comes down to, do you care what other people think? Or, well, it's kind of like your job performance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. That's another people-pleasing thing that we go back to that we're like, even though we know we've done everything that we can, if it doesn't come out exactly the way we want it to, we make that mean so many things about ourselves. And it's hard to separate that like you've done to separate out your worth from the performance of all of these children. So the big question is for this upcoming year, what would you like your top three feelings to be? So for me, my number one is calm, calm and level-headed. I do not want to be reactive. And I have the tendency to be reactive and to lead with my emotions because you kind of learn that growing up with the telenovelas and (laughs) the drama. No, mama, you know, so you kind of internalize that your feelings are the boss. They're the ones that tell you how you should act or react. And instead of that, I always aim to be calm and nothing to get under my skin. And even though things do, because things do, I have learned to most times I I can keep it in check. Most times. No dramatic displays? No. Unless, you know, some, some silly times, yes. But big things, I'd like to say... It's good, but it takes awareness. It takes knowing that that you're reactive, that you're you could be emotional, that you could be like, you know, leading with your emotions and your emotions are liars. Your emotions do not tell the truth. Your emotions come and go and they could be, you know, maybe you just need a glass of water to relax. <laughs> your, you know, your emotions do not have to Your actions do not have to be guided by your emotions, which is pretty hard to do, mind you, okay? Because like I said, drama. I would love to see what I did if my husband was like, maybe you just need a glass of water when I'm upset. (laughs) 
I'm like, that glass of water would go somewhere else. What about you? What are the emotions that you want to feel? Yeah, I think the number one for me is, I told you earlier, I was reading a very depressing book about the environment. Um, And I think compassionate is kind of the feeling that stuck out to me this year when I was thinking about it. I want to be compassionate with myself and how I feel. And also like be compassionate with the way that other people are feeling right now. Like I feel like the state of the world is such that like you were saying earlier, like everybody's going through something and it seems like a lot of the things are traumatic that people are going through and just kind of trying my best to be understanding of all those things that everyone's going through. And like you were saying, like not be reactive with them, like to stay calm and try to like understand where other people are coming from is my, that's my number one feeling I want to cultivate is compassion. What's your number two? My number two is jovial. Okay. I want to feel jolly, (laughs) which, you know, I tend to, I tend to be pretty, you know, it's a cultural thing for me. I'm Dominican and we are, if you know anything about Dominicans, we can laugh about silly things. Traditionally, we love to listen to upbeat music and, you know, we like to dance and we like to laugh and we like to make you know, just light of things. And traditionally and typically, not everybody's like that. But my family tells me like, oh, you know, you're the life of the of the party and my brother. And I, I feel like that's my nature. But then, you know, being an adult sucks sometimes. <laughs> so if I could just laugh all day, Caitlin, I would mm-hmm. love that. Just laugh. Just laugh. I, I Yeah, just just joyful. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, that was one of mine too, was that being silly, especially at work and like with my husband and stuff like that. I think it just makes everything better when you can laugh about things, even things that are like difficult to deal with. If you can like find humor in it or bring humor to it, I think it makes everything easier to deal with. 100%. I'm lucky that my husband is the same way. Mm-hmm. And we laugh at each other, with each other. We wake up laughing sometimes because of a silly thing. Like I can be, I can be my silly self and we laugh at the stupidest things. And he's like that. And I just love that because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want it. Otherwise, it's just like too serious. Taking life too seriously sometimes or yourself. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. I know that we are here for a little bit. And I want to keep that in mind often mm-hmm. so that we enjoy the little time that we have here, you know, and we enjoy our loved ones and our life, even though we are going through hard things, like you said, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, finding the finding the funny thing about it or finding light, mm-hmm. finding the, the comical aspect of something hard. It could take a lot of pressure off. So, yeah. All right. What's number three? I kind of said calm, non-reactive, level-headed, kind. Okay. So calm, non-reactive, level-headed, it all goes under calm. But Mm -hmm. then my third is kind. Making sure that I remember that, you know, when people say things or do things, it's not about me. I want to feel kindness. I want to be compassionate regardless of how other people show up. I really do, because I believe that if I show kindness to them, I could give myself grace. 
and mm-hmm. and vice versa. If I do something that, or if I say something out of line, or oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. This is what I mean. The other day we went to a Rangers game, and the silly me tells my husband, "I want to see blood," you know, because I'm silly. And mm-hmm. we have these jokes. But then as soon as that those words came out of my mouth, I thought, oh, my God, what? No. And so I was like, oh, why? Why? I'm not like that. This is not me. I didn't mean that in my head. Like, oh, my gosh, I didn't mean that. Oh, people around me, please. If you heard mm-hmm. this, I didn't mean that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I remembered, like, listen, it was a silly Silly thing to say, and that's okay. And now you shut up and you enjoy. You don't have Mm -hmm. to beat yourself up for it. And Mm -hmm. if others want to think whatever they want, they will. So in that moment, I showed myself compassion and kindness. And so Mm -hmm. I can almost accept it from others. So when others say things, I don't have to take it so literally. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Like giving them the benefit of the doubt as well. What about you? I think the third one I was thinking of was creativity. This year, I really want to focus on like a lot of the creative pursuit type things that I like to do. And I think that helps in other areas of life too. It helps with being like open-minded, opening yourself up to lots of like new experiences and stuff. And we just went to a bunch of museums too. I feel like that the creative like energy is like flowing a little bit right now. So I feel like this is, that's the feeling I want this year. Compassionate, silly, and creative. Those are my big three for the year. Love, 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 love them. I would love to know like what our listeners want for this upcoming year. And maybe we can put like the the big feelings list that we have in the show notes. And, um, yes. So they can pick from the giant menu of uh, feelings that we refer to often. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know that we have a, a variety, a long <laughs> variety of feelings. Sometimes we only stick to sad, mm-hmm. mad, happy. Uh-huh. So yeah, we will yeah. put them in the show notes. That's all for this episode of Teacher Thrive. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics. So please reach out to us. Links to our websites, freebies, and social media accounts are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.